Welcome to Back in the Field. My name is Carl. And my name is Arthi. And today we're talking about... Well, this is Catch-Up 5. So we're going to be talking about... Um, oh, crap. What are the episode titles, Carl? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're talking... You gotta open Hulu. <laughs> Shit. Hang on. I'll look up the episode titles real quick. We're talking about paranoia, maximum security, and bureau. Yes, I always have a. I tend to call bureau the bureau, which I know is wrong, but I keep doing it anyway. Well, that's because you're an FBI fangirl. I I'm just I'm just a cop show fangirl. It's a problem. I need to reevaluate my life choices. Really. Um, cool. If well, I said anything about that, it would get real. <laughs> I. I was telling you before we started recording, I really loved these episodes. Like, these, like, the, like, seven episodes going into the finale were awesome. Like, really awesome. Starting with Adrian Pimento and all the way to the end, like, these were... They really did a full arc in that in that episode stretch. Like, it was a full court press. Yes, exactly. And the- I think I say a lot, considering I never watch basketball. Yes, anyway, the these like last episodes were extraordinary and I was reading up on Latoya over at the AV Club like her reviews for the season and I was noticing that her opinions were pretty much aligning with ours, which was awesome. That's always like, you know, a confidence boost. But she pointed out that these like last four four episodes were the arc and I was like, I actually think it's the last seven episodes of the arc because it's Pimento's arrival and departure from the nine nine that facilitates the Finkus arc entirely. Yeah, it's all interconnected, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like when you lock your fingers together, that's the show. <laughs> Only you'd need more fingers. <laughs> or fewer fingers, more episodes. <laughs> um so Carl, what happens how do we do we want to talk about this in topics? Like do you want to talk about the arc at large or do you want to talk about each episode? I think we should talk about the arc at large because that was a lot easier then, you know, the last episode was a lot easier than previous catch-up episodes. That's true. Uh, That's true. There's also, like, a lot less fluff in it. Um, okay. So, let's recap what happened in these three episodes first. So, Carl, what happens in Paranoia? In Paranoia, uh, Pimento and Diaz get engaged. So, they each get, uh, bachelor bachelor parties, um... At uh, Rosa's, uh, the the maids of honor, Charles, Amy, and Gina, and yes, I listed Charles first, compete to have the best bachelorette party, which involves violence, drunkenness, and uh, civic destruction. And then uh, in the men's party, Pimento is hunted by a hitman. <laughs> yeah, and Pimento I... leaves forever. Yes. Yeah, I, I, what I was struck by when I rewatched Paranoia was that there is no C plot. There is only the A and the B plot. What's Holt doing? Holt is away somewhere. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. So, yeah, you just gathered all the characters and put them in places. Yes. I, Holt appears at the end to capstone the episode but otherwise he is completely unavailable or just out of picture Um, right 
yeah, I was struck that there's no C plot, and I and and the episode is way tighter for it. Yeah. Yeah. And they even so used then, they even used the Fox obligatory Act Four, the like scene over the scene that goes under the ending credits. Um, yeah, they use that really powerfully. The like s- the stage whispered nine nine was like what a wonderful coup de gras. We should go on and keep recapping. So what happens in Maximum Security? In Maximum Security, Amy goes undercover as a pregnant inmate in a Maximum Security uh, women's prison in Texas and gets the A-plot and is the lead officer in the A-plot. So all of my fantasies come true. Yes. Uh, And in the background... What's happening in the background? So, so Charles and Jake are sent uh, in as their handlers, and then in the B plot, I watched this less than an hour ago. God, <laughs> I do this all the time too. Um, in the B plot, uh, Terry and Gina are trying to find the source of a leak in the nine nine. Ah, uh, yes. No, the only like. Nope. I'm sorry. That is super wrong. In the B. Oh plot- no. The other. The, the there isn't a. There isn't a C-plot. The B-plot is just the funeral. Yes. And then in um, Bureau, Jake and Holt and uh, Rosa team up with FBI agent uh, Bob Anderson to infiltrate the FBI. And uh, in the... The B plot, Charles and uh, Amy succeeded getting information out of Mora Figgis. Uh, what's his name? Jimmy Figgis? Jimmy the Butcher Figgis. Yeah, Jimmy the Butcher Figgis' sister, uh, which involves seduction and failed seduction and then camaraderie. And then in the C plot, Gina discovers a link in the 9-9, which is Terry. <laughs> but Terry thinks it's literally everyone else. Well, not Amy. <laughs> True. She's in prison. And th- and thus doesn't know oh, there. And also and also at the end of that uh someone pulls a gun on Holt. Dun dun dun. Spoilers. No, you've all watched this already. You're all you're all done with this show for the year. <laughs> By the time this episode that comes out it'll be season 5. <laughs> very possible it's upsetting how possible that is um okay i loved the way that the Finkus arc was plotted and handled um these were these episodes like really build on each other so like in paranoia you know pimento whom we've started to see sort of gelling with the nine nine he believes he's being followed and, you know, being targeted by a hitman. Turns out he's right. Um, so they fake his death uh, to send a message. But then they find out that the person that is stalking Pimento or who had the contract hit put out on Pimento is actually working with the FBI. So from there, we learn that Finkus has a connect inside the bureau um, and they try to use his sister to uh, find out who those links are. Um, his sister who is in maximum security women's prison in Texas. Mm-hmm. And then 
to round it out, we have Holt finally call in a favor from his old colleague who is currently at the FBI to try and smoke out the mole, except it turns out there was more than one mole, and Holt's contact happens to also be said other mole, which is great. What an excellent, like, like multiple twists, unexpected, like, you know, turns. It was pretty great. And, like, everyone, everyone in the precinct that we care about had the opportunity to participate in the arc in some way, whether it was Rosa mourning the loss of her fiancé or Amy going undercover in women's prison or Charles acting as her handler or uh, Jake, Rosa, Holt, and, and you know, Dennis Hayes um, participating in a heist. Like, this was remarkably well done. Um, all the way through these like three episodes and and beforehand as well, and, and I it was... all and it all comes crashing into the finale where that's another episode where everything is focused on this one problem. Yes, and I think that makes I I, I liked that we had a couple episodes without C plots because it made those A and B plots stronger for having more screen time. Like across the entire space of these four episodes. There's only one plot that isn't very directly connected to the uh, two figures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the leak in the 9-9, which is thematically connected. It's in an episode where they're, like, hunting down leaks in the FBI. Yes. I mean, it also it also is a good episode to take a breath and be like, look, like... All the police are directly involved in this, but Gina has something to contribute potentially to this investigation, too. Let's show you how she's helpful historically. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll have more more to do again in the finale. Yes. Yes, exactly. I don't know, man. I'm just like, that was just the, the way they built the arc was like, I'm just so like, yes, yes, about it, you know? So jazzed about it. Yeah. I just, I love, I love shows that do that like long plot arc type of stuff where it's like you know this might not syndicate well but damn it it's so much fun to watch um and like i don't know it just this was probably the piece of the show that's felt like when parks and rec was at its like probably at its like peak for as far as like what people remember most fondly about the show like that was like a deeply serialized season, and it was just really nice to see the show like take be like, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna take the last third of the season and serialize it as fully as possible. Because like, it's gonna be this is gonna be considered a high point of the show. I hope so. Like this was this was really nicely done, and like even like keeping ongoing plot lines like Jake and Amy's relationship and how it has moments of being tumultuous, like that was still like addressed and dealt with. Having like. Holt and Jake's like mild sort of not rivalry like they respect each other but Jake is still kind of a handful that wasn't forgotten Terry's general frustration with um like his team being a bunch of nerds like sometimes that is actually important and like that was really like all the like and like even Scully and Hitchcock's general incompetence was like highlighted without it being like a I don't know like everyone was Everyone was firing on on all cylinders in every episode of this arc, and it was 
really fun to watch. Yeah, it was. Even seeing Amy be like tough guy, her like her like I'm not a bruiser, I'm a psycho was wonderful. One of my only disappointments in this arc was that that uh, that emotion didn't carry through to the next episode. Yes, I they were agree. Kind of like, okay, we've mined out that vein of humor, but you hadn't. Yeah, like I agree. I would have really liked seeing Amy be super tough and pregnant, <laughs> like pregnant tough. Oops. Yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. Hang on. Something fell, but we're okay now. <laughs> anyway. um i I, you know and i was i was amazingly disappointed to see pimento leave i loved that he ran away like he did that last time yeah like he he ran really fast i did when i was watching i was like from the very beginning of the episode i was like well i guess the audience really has proof that i wasn't watching ahead when i'm like oh i mean i don't think he's gonna be one of the central relationships of rose's life nope they're engaged (laughs) <laughs> like in- she'll say in public that she loves him. Yeah. Uh, so much that her heart is gonna explode. Like, <laughs> no, that's real. Apparently. Well, and like at the end of her bachelorette party, she's like, "I'm so excited to spend the rest of my life with this person." Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's too soon. I don't, I don't think you can tell if something is infatuation or real that soon. But I mean, this is a TV show. Yeah, I'm willing to go along with it. I mean, Rosa historically and has... And Rosa plays by different real rules. Yeah, I mean, like, her relationship with Marcus basically felt like it was on fast forward, so... Yeah, but that was because Marcus wasn't around. That's true. Her relationship with Marcus played, all, uh, played out over the course of, like, nine episodes. Yeah, and all of it was off screen. Like, they'd been on one date, right, before, like, getting engaged or something. Wait, no. There there was one episode where they were dating. One episode where they got together, one episode where they were dating, and then they're engaged. That's like Charles Boyle. <laughs> but I don't hate it in Rosa. I hate it in Boyle. <laughs> I, I think... I think... I don't know. I both of them are impulsive. Whoa, are Charles and Rosa more alike than they're not? No, they're more different than they're alike. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have noticed that Rosa is scary and Charles Boyle is scared. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Rosa is scary and Charles Boyle is scared. Do you think that they that they hit the right balance with Boyle's um, infatuation with the Jake and Amy couple in uh, Maximum Security? I think I think I appreciated it a lot when Jake would call out Boyle for being super creepy and weird about it, which they both did like all the time. <laughs> I know, but like. I when when Charles was like, "Oh, Amy, go to him. Oh, Jake, go to her. Why aren't you going to each other?" I actually really liked that. Um, yeah, I liked it pretty well. I liked that, and then there was something else where where Charles was like, "Oh, you two with a baby. That's really exciting." Then he goes, "I've prayed for this." And I have, Jake, I've prayed for this. <laughs> that was that up until he goes, "I've prayed for this," and Jake's like, "Ah, oh, too far." 
Um, but, like, even Charles being like, oh, you two, like, having a kid, and they're, like, uncomfortable, like, look at each other, that was actually really nicely done. Like. I did think that, uh, him touching the screen, that'd be like, oh, no, I touched her boob. I've got to tell Jake. Was a good stinger, even though it's <laughs> deeply weird. And why would he touch the screen? I guess he just wants to be like Dad, which is to say Jake. <laughs> I I am super glad that they were like, we're not going to write Amy's pregnancy or Melissa Fumero's pregnancy into the show, but we're also not going to pretend like we can only hide her behind large objects for so long. <laughs> Oh, they made a they made a joke out of it. I know. I'm really happy. It's like, do I? Do you guys really think I look pregnant? <laughs> I guess I can see it. <laughs> You've got the waddle down. <laughs> I, I I I'm curious why they had to have whoever went undercover be pregnant. I mean, I know why in the real world they did, but like, what in story? Oh, it was so that she could check in with the doctors to be a handler. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. They established it. I know, but I totally forgot about it because I'm a dumb. I I did appreciate that Amy calls out Jake for being like, you would not do this to Rosa. Like, that that plot line was really great. And, like... Especially because she was doing really well. Yeah. Like, it was obvious to everyone that she was doing extremely well. Yeah, like, even even in the background, Charles, like, stops being quite so wholeheartedly in agreement with Jake when he keeps pulling her out of the scenes, or the situation. Uh, yeah, like, in, in all those, he's, like, kind of got his feet up on the desk, and he's like, I see no danger. Wait, what? <laughs> I like that the show has been having Jake be really honest without hesitation, right? Once he can be honest with himself, he'll immediately be honest with other people. Yeah, and that that moment has been happening faster. Whether it was earlier where he was like, I just thought if it was you and me, I'd feel really sad about it. Um, Which, by the way, they end up doing because they're definitely separated for multiple weeks. That's like canonically noted in the story. (laughs) Actually, whoa, I just I've been like thinking about this. And like I just had a bunch of pieces fall into place. This arc self foreshadows multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, like, so... I'm specifically thinking of two moments when Jake's like, if it, I when he says earlier before, before the arc when he's like, if this happened to you and me, I'd feel really sad about it, and like that does happen. She goes undercover, and they are separated for multiple weeks, as is called out in the finale. And then also in the finale, the moment I'm thinking of specifically is maybe uh, we should just talk about the finale as well today. We'll we'll talk about the finale in in a different podcast, like. More, more. We'll talk about it more fully. Yeah, more deeply. But like, we can. Well, we'll talk about it as an as a capstone to the series and for what it indicates for future series, and then do a season retrospective. Yes, thank you. That's a better way to handle this because um, I'd rather focus on the arcs that are happening here right now. Yeah, I I appreciated the show like addressing thing the things that like I think we had anticipated the show asking itself about Jake and Amy's relationship, like. She says it's harder to date, to be a cop and date a cop than we thought. Like, 
this is I think the third time like with the finale I think Jake's been having his life in danger like this is like the third or fourth time in like the last year yeah like that's a lot <laughs> like the Die Hard episode the finale there was that time he got kidnapped <laughs> um there was that time he was held hostage by that the time he was held hostage by like drug dealers because of Hitchcock and Scully <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forgot about that episode. Right? Like, Jake's, Jake's kind of had his life in peril a lot this episode, this season. Like, or like... Yeah, in it's la- been awesome for him. I'm sorry? It's been awesome for him. That's true. I mean, this is not season two where a series of bad things kept happening to Jake. This is... This is, this is him getting to be an action hero all the time. Yeah. Now he's like full-on cowboying. Yes, I agree. Like, Amy has some serious emotional growth. Like, I appreciated uh, that her bachelorette party idea was, like, very her, but also very, like, appropriate for Rosa, which, like, good on her. Like, I don't know if... The what was her first word joke was a really good gag. Yes. Guys, I was a baby. My first word was Dada. Drink. What were the other, what were the questions like uppercut disembowelment uh, uppercut battle axe and disembowelment <laughs> great great joke great joke great joke all and I, I honestly I understand why she thought Charles's one was the best like that was actually kind of great Charles is like this restaurant that all of you would hate to go to everyone else also hated to go to <laughs> let's go destroy some shit oh and then Rosa like picking Charles up. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. That was ext- Playing to win. <laughs> with her, like, with her, with her, believe me, voice. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Beatrice did so much, like, little facial work in this uh, string of episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, when she was super psyched to go to prison and was like, Doing her little smile, even while like Boyle was being kind of gross, looking at Jake. Well, it was it was specifically Jake being like, "Well, you mean you don't like it when he keeps talking at your cervix? I mean, your cervix is so important, Rosa. You should really care about your cervix." That's not what the joke was. But... <laughs> no, but like that's what it was. I'm yeah, okay. Yeah, it was it was about a cervix ripening. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Yes. It was just terrific. Ah, uh, what a great, what a great, what a great. So, like, going back, I really appreciated that Amy calls out Jake for not being, like, for being more protective of Too her. protective. Yeah. And it's, like, it is the, it's a great moment because it's, like, is it because he's dating her or is it because he thinks she's not as tough? And... It's because it's because he's dating her. It's I think it's a little. I mean, it's bit, sort of both. Yeah, but I think it's more because he is really scared for her. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's the he touches on both when he tells her that like he's like I can't be your handler. Like he's straight up too close to it, and that's rad. Like that's that's an important thing for. Like that's that's a that's a fundamental piece of a workplace relationship show right like you have to address that at some point in the show or else the narrative feels false like how it you mean generically how it's going to affect how you work together yeah 
Normally it's a little less dramatic than, well, I can't watch you maybe die without doing something stupid. <laughs> True. I guess I've been watching, like, seriously. Like in and- the office, it's not like, I can't watch you <laughs> shred papers. You might fall in. <laughs> I mean, fair. Oh, I want to do. I want to do a, a podcast shout out to a podcast that has. Um, I think it's fair to say, uh, six hundred thousand times as many viewers as us. Oh yeah. My brother, my brother, and me is really, really good. <laughs> and they have they have an episode where they're talking about like workplace pranks, and they just go off on how Jim Halpert is the worst person in the world. Dude, like the older I get, the less sort of charmingly cute Jim stuff is. Everything about Jim is. Working in an office with him would be hell. Yeah, like, I guess... He doesn't give a shit. He gets rewarded for it. He's, like, the... He is white privilege. It's it's interesting that, like, my my friend Falula Tonks, um, also known as Rachna, when, when, um, when the season one finale happened, there were a lot of gift sets of co- contrasting Casino Night from season two of The Office... With Jake and Amy talking in the parking lot, and yeah, she- the difference is Jake wouldn't like haul off and kiss a woman who doesn't want to be kissed by him. I okay, so there's there's complicating factors with Jim and Pam's storyline, but like Rachna was saying, and and I really remember this because it was something that struck me very strike like very deeply, which was that like she said if you're comparing Casino Night to, um. Whatever it was called. Charges and specs. And you're, yeah. you're, you're in fate. Like, you think that Casino Night was done better. You're incorrect. Like. Yeah. Like, it starts with Jake. Like, Charges and Specs is apologizing for Casino Night. It's like, I know you're in a relationship and it's going really well. I can't help but have these emotions. I'm going away now. And it's like, whoa, Jake, not really cool. And then you compare that to Casino Night, where it's like, you're about to get married, so I'm going to kiss you now. Yeah, and I have a lot of, like, torn feelings about Wait, this. Wait, did they not kiss then? Uh, he kisses no, her later. Do. He kisses her later in that same night. But it's, like, almost worse, because she's, like, upset on the phone with her mom. Yeah. But it's also, like, there's there's a lot more pieces to casino night that like and like i'm too close to that right like jim and pam and that kiss was like important to their characters and important to their like character arc um and like the the show sort of retroactively makes that kiss okay because a year later pam tells jim in front of jim's new girlfriend she called off her wedding for him does that make it okay I mean, Those two deserve each other. That that's what I'm saying, though, is that they both like act out about each other in similar ways. They're both they're both kind of horrible. <laughs> they were both done dirty by their own narratives a little bit, yeah. Bring the heat, park, uh, not park. Bring the heat, office fans. I can take it. By <laughs> which I mean, please don't troll me on Twitter. Yeah, nobody got time for that. Whereas, like, whereas, I'll block like, everyone immediately. I have, I have no filter. Whereas, like Leslie and Ben, on the other hand, had this acknowledged simmering tension between them that had been building, um, and they had been they as people within the narrative had been trying to sort of 
avoid each other so that they wouldn't have to have that or have that. But then they were then they were pushed together by a non malevolent force and it bubbled over and no one else got hurt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not that I give a shit about Pam's boyfriend. Wasn't he the vulture? Uh, no, Roy was. Roy is um, the actor who plays Roy has been in other stuff, but like he's never had a. He was on Buffy for a long time, I guess. Question, question. Okay, then he was probably a shithead. Uh, Roy was a Roy was not right for Pam, but Roy was not a bad person. Okay, I thought he was a misogynist creep. Did he have reductive feelings about, like, what Pam's role in his life should be? Yes. Does he experience a significant amount of emotional growth after Pam leaves him? Also, yes. Oh, he does? Yeah. I guess I don't really know anything about The Office. It's too painful for me to watch. It's uh, not an Office podcast. <laughs> well, with, with respect to Roy, he and Pam had been together since they were in high school. So I think they had had, like, uh. like that. that's kind of a complicating factor. Yeah. Like, and Roy only proposes because Pam kind of forces his hand. Like, they'd been together, and she's sort of like, where is this going? Like, there's an implied ultimatum there. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, like, so, so, it's an important point, like, dealing with like, the the Parks and Rec was kind of leaned almost too hard into this, where they're like, oh, we can't be together because of all these rules, and I love rules, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's funnier and safer. I agree. But, like, I did like that. Anyway, in, in, in the present moment, yeah, uh, Jake and Amy are together. Yeah, and I was glad that the show took a minute to be like, you know, this... They don't get partnered up very much on screen. But when they do, it's like their their ability to work together. They experience, they experience hardship. Yeah, like, I don't know. I Would I love for Jake and Amy to be get partnered up more often in the A-plot? Absolutely. Do I understand why that they tend to shuttle, shuck him with Charles? Also, yes. Also, they've got an entirely different vein of humor for the two of them. They can They can do couple stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I do think it was kind of shitty of Jake to be throwing away the mailers for Puzzle Camp. (laughs) But I I also think it's okay, because she's definitely getting email about it, because you're living in 2016, you dumbass. (laughs) He he is a dum-dum. Oh, Jake Jake being like, women don't watch pornography, and both Charles and Amy being like, yeah, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is more fuel to the fire of I bet Jake has never had a live-in girlfriend before. 100%. The show, I feel like, never made any any bones about it. Like, like Jake, Jake in boyfriend mode was, like, not something expected, I think. Huh? Mm. I'm sorry. I'll rephrase that better. Um, the The first season of the show kind of made it made it kind of established that Jake was a serial dater. Like you and I said, he's, he gets a lot of first dates and not a lot of second ones. He's a serial bad dater. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. Um, 
But then we no, got to not. see. But then we got to see. Well, yeah, okay. But we got to see him with Sophia, and then as like sort of, and that was wonderful. Like I'm still like, man, I wish that could have lasted a little longer. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, but yeah, I am glad that. Uh, I think the other thing that I'm glad that we got to see in this arc is like. Not just Amy getting the primary, which I had, like, I keep, I'm really glad that, like, I keep demanding things in the show that it's, like, fine, we're going to give it to you. <laughs> like, I wanted Amy in the primary role working with Jake, and I got that. I wanted to get a better sense of, like, Amy's depth of feeling for Jake. We got that. Boy, do we ever. Yeah. She straight up asks him to move in with her, or for them to move in together. Um, yeah. Which is kind of huge. I did appreciate Jake being like, you and Charles? (laughs) 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 I did, I did like that. Um, well, and like, and even like that is a nice extension from like, from like the, the Yippie Kayak where he's like, you, you were really worried about me. And she's like, yes. (laughs) Obviously. Dumbass. (laughs) Dumbass. <laughs> They've grown up a lot, the two of them. I'm sorry? They've grown up a lot, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, like, I... I think Amy is even, like, much less dependent on Holt's approval than she thinks she is now. Yeah, and I, and I mean, the show has done a good job of using a dynamic that I really like, which is her relationship with Terry, to sort of help usher that. Like, everyone might want Holt's mentorship, but everyone is getting Terry's. True. Yeah. And Terry taught Jake to do a pull-up. Right? Oh, can we talk, can we sit here and objectify Andy Sandberg for a little bit? You can. Yes, okay. When he, when he was in the gray suit and, like, pretending to be a fed, and I was, like, way too into that. When he does the pull-up, I was way too into that. There's, like, a slow pan up his body in the season, like, in the stinger for the season finale that I was, like, I'm way too into this. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of focus on Jake's physicality in this run. So and now that you got that off your chest, I will say that uh, during the scene in the medical examiner's office, I thought Charles had a cute butt. I 100% agree. I was surprised. When she cupped it through the coat, I was like, oh, wait, that's a good butt. That's one of the good butts. I concur. I concur. I was like, and, and LaToya pointed out that, like, that, um, that, that Charles's constant sort of, like, factual pointing out that, like, intel- in, like, aggressive women find him wonderful or, like, can't, can't resist him. And, like, that... It's- it's mostly true, except for Rosa. Agreed, and it's just terrific. Like I'm glad that that like pl- like that like character point is like, and he's like not like braggy about it. He's just like, this is just my life, you guys. It's so hard. Well, that's why he should be with Gina and not Genevieve. Oh, that's gonna be pretty <laughs> awkward after they adopt a kid together. Fucking show. <laughs> and not Genevieve. I didn't get mad at. I didn't get mad about that until just now. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, you know, that is definitely the ship that I'm like, this needs to happen. Give me Joyle. Oh, no. No. No, I refuse. I hate Jamie as, like, a thing. Not not the actual... What? Not, not the actual, like... The actual ship. I don't care about that. Like, I mean, I care about that, but I don't. I don't hate that. I hate the like portmanteau ship named Jamie. Like, that's garbage. Jamie. Or oh. Per- or Peraltiago. I hate both of those. I hate Jamie Peraltiago as a thing. I think that's terrible. That that the. You just say Jake and Amy. Like Peraltiago is strictly worse than Jake and Amy. Yes, I concur. I could not concur harder. If you didn't say Jamie, you should just say Jim Jams. <laughs> you wanna call it, you wanna call this one dead on arrival? Uh, yeah, I think I think we're good. Like I got really I just fucking loved these episodes. They all connect so nicely, they build on each other, we get a ton of great character. I just I just I I really hope that the Cemento show... looks looks weirdly good in a in a, an Orthodox priest costume. Wait, wait, say that again? In the, like, costume Pimento's wearing at the end of the last episode, even. It looks pretty good. Right? Everyone was costumed and, like, shot. The little, the little round hat really, uh, char- like, it really uh, complements his face. Yes, I concur. And even their kiss was, like, nicely staged. Yeah. <laughs> what was this line? I want to lick your Although whole body I could like really a do, I could really do without... I want to lick your whole body like a little kitten. I love that, like, you and I thought of that line at the same time. Uh, Carl. Man, that, I just really, I just really fucking love, I really hope Jason Manzoukas comes back next year. I really fucking loved this arc. I really loved everything that the show did. Like, I, I'm so just, like, jazzed that the show was like, you know what, we're going to take a full third of our season and then just like build have have those seven episodes build upon each other yeah like that's terrific that's a that's like a it's not a risk per se but it was kind of that was a pretty solid like they took a chance and i think they really did a great job well i mean i think it's a good way to use like, this is a season where they're basically guaranteed another season, right? Yeah. Then I think it's it's good to be like, okay, we have breathing room. Let's go for the gold. Yeah. I mean, that's what Parks did with their third season. Yeah. I just, I'm I'm really hoping that, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what they do next year. But we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. We'll talk about what they do next year, next time, which will be. Next year. You know, seven or eight years from now. <laughs> One day. <laughs> um, do you have we'll any... talk about the last episode that we've already talked about. <laughs> do you have anything else for the audience, Carl? I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk more deeply about the season finale and uh, what we want for season four in the next uh, podcast. Um, so stay tuned for that. Any other plugs or shout outs? I don't think so. Definitely check out the right. episode of How Did This Get Made that I'm on. <laughs> inexplicably i could i could plug all the podcast related products that other people are always plugging that i am currently like investing in but uh we don't get paid for that <laughs> we don't get paid at all hooray no i'm just kidding i get yeah paid. <laughs> um cool for this well you've been holding out <laughs> okay come to california i'm gonna find you
Carl. <laughs> okay, well, from both of us to all of you, this has been Back in the Field. My name is Carl. And my name is Arthi. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.